Companionship is what makes every journey enjoyable. Today, we continue our journey with Jesus. Join Scott Pauley as we make brief stops in the Gospel according to Mark. We trust you will enjoy the journey. We all love to avoid the hard subjects. The thing about walking through the Bible is you can't do that unless you're going to play hopscotch with the Bible and skip over things. Now, the beautiful truth is that Jesus did not avoid the hard subjects. And when you come to Mark chapter 10, you come to a portion of Scripture that addresses a subject that is very delicate, very sensitive in every generation, especially so in our day and age, and that is the subject of marriage and divorce. In Mark chapter 10, verse 1, we read, And he arose from thence, and cometh into the coast of Judea by the farther side of Jordan. And the people resort unto him again. And as he was wont, he taught them again. And the Pharisees came to him and asked him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife, tempting him? Let's pause just a moment. And let me point out there are two groups of people. There's always two groups of people. There are those who really want to grow and be, be taught. That's the ones you see in verse 1. And then there are those that really don't want to be taught. And no, they want to tempt you. They want to lead you into an argument. Oh, may I say to you that the God of truth is not interested in debating. His work is a work of declaration. He says, this is it. This is my way. And so they're trying to trick or to trap the Lord Jesus. Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife? And Jesus answered, verse 3, and said unto them, What did Moses command you? Now, this is a great first principle when you're dealing with a difficult subject. Number one, what does the Word of God say? Immediately, he appeals to the authority of Scripture. And I love that. Let's go back to the Bible. Not what do I think, not what do you think, not what has become acceptable in our world. What does God say? Thus saith the Lord. The mores of society, the moral standard seems to change in our world. Not because truth changes or righteousness changes, but because people change. And because we get to accepting things and tolerating things that we did not used to. But my friend, the Word of God is forever settled in heaven. The Word of the Lord endureth forever, so God's truth never changes. What did Moses command you? And they said, verse 4, Moses suffered to write a bill of divorcement and to put her away. So Immediately, they go to the technical answer. They go to the technical aspects of how families are divided. And Jesus answered, verse 5, and said unto them, For the hardness of your heart, he wrote you this precept. Now listen to those words. For the hardness of your heart, he wrote you this precept. In other words, the whole point of that even being addressed in the law the only reason Moses even had to give such a, a technical definition and parameters is because of the hardness of your heart. May I say to you that the reason families are divided and the reason the devil has a way, a place to get his foot in the door is because of the hardness of all of our hearts. It's because of sin. That wasn't God's will. That was never the original intent. And so the Lord Jesus goes beyond their answer to give the real answer. Listen to what he says beginning in verse 6. But from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, 
and they twain shall be one flesh. So then they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. And in the house his disciples ask him again of the same matter. And he saith unto them, Whosoever shall put away his wife, and marry another, committeth adultery against her. And if a woman shall put away her husband, and be married to another, she committeth adultery. So what does the Lord Jesus do? When he's, when he's posed with this question, when there are people who disagree, who want to argue, who want to argue their point, who want to find a way to make their case, the Lord goes back to first principles. Notice He says, from the beginning. From the beginning, not just of Moses, from the beginning of the creation. Now let's find out not just what did Moses allow in the law, but what did God intend from the beginning. I think one of the great studies of Scripture is to to identify first principles because those are foundational principles that God intended to be true in every generation. So, I love this. They want to talk about divorce. Jesus wants to talk about marriage. Uh, May I say to you that if we gave more emphasis to what God says about marriage, we would have less emphasis and reason to talk about divorce. If we went back to what God said and did it God's way, uh, there would be less room for us to have to deal with division of married families. And so, what are these first principles? Well, let me give them to you quickly. First of all, he said the first principle of marriage is it's between a man and a woman. Verse 6, from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. So, you hate to even have to say it, but the Lord knew this was going to be an issue. The first principle, he declares, is that marriage should be between a man and a woman. In our world today, where people want to skew identities and talk about several different genders and all that kind of thing, we must go back to what God says. And God says that marriage is between a man and a woman. Here's the second principle. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. So, not only is marriage between a man and a woman, marriage is to be leaving and cleaving. This is a a first principle. God intended that a man and a woman would leave their respective families and create a family of their own. Uh, That they would come together and a new family unit would begin. This is something when I've counseled with young couples who are preparing for marriage that I try to get across to them because you thank God for your parents and you thank God for your extended families. Uh, But you are leaving and cleaving. You are coming together now as one. And so that brings us to the third principle of marriage. In verse 8, And they twain shall be one flesh. So then they are no more twain but one flesh. So, first principle, it's between a man and a woman. Second principle, it's leaving and cleaving. Third principle, they're no longer two, but one. Isn't that beautiful? Only in Jesus can two become one. This is divine math, my friends. The Lord says one plus one equals one. Now the Lord brings a man and a woman together and He intends them to be one, one in spirit, one in soul, one in body. There is a spiritual union before there is even a physical union. We, we quote this verse when we conduct wedding ceremonies. Therefore, what God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. So, what are we saying here? Well, here's the fourth principle. The fourth principle is that it is not to be divided. Remember, ma- marriage is between a man and a woman. It is leaving and cleaving. It is two becoming one. And then it is to be eternal. It is a covenant between God and a man and a woman. It's not a preacher joining them together. It's not even them joining themselves together. Listen to the wording in verse 9. What therefore God hath joined together, 
let not man put asunder. What's he saying? He's saying that when there is division, this is not the Lord's perfect will. This is not the Lord's way. The Lord's way is unity, is oneness. Now, the devil is the one who loves to divide, to get his foot in the door. And so he goes on to say that husbands and wives should marry for life. One man for one woman for one lifetime. Now, let me pause and say that I have some very precious friends, many of them, who've been married and divorced. People who have things in their past, difficulties, oftentimes not of their own choosing, things they've had to deal with, and they've had to get beyond, and I thank God for them. Some of them are some of the finest Christians I've ever known. And I want you to know if you fall in that category, praise God for His forgiveness, for His cleansing, and that our God is a God of new beginnings. Begin where you are today and obey God's will and God's way. But if you're looking at marriage or you're married, I want you to know that it is the will of God that you remain true in that covenant of marriage, and that you stay true to these first principles. As you read Mark chapter 10, allow the Lord to put His truth deeply into your life and family. Thank you for traveling with us through God's Word. We would love to hear from you and share additional resources for enjoying the journey. Visit us online at scottpauley.org. May God bless you as you walk with Christ today.